Hello and welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast. I am Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression, A Catholic Approach, and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments, and Spiritual Guide in the Heartwork Program, which specializes in helping people walk the road of spiritual growth and inner healing. For the past 10 years, I've been walking alongside marvelous women and men who want a more heart-centered and spiritual life, but would like support along the way through online programs, a Facebook group, a heartwork community on Patreon, and one-on-one spiritual guidance. I walk with people on a contemplative and healing path, one that has been trodden for thousands of years. Basically, I'm here to help you surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, who has come to make your being the throne of the Holy Trinity, so that your life, your prayer, your relationships, your dreams and goals most deeply satisfy the desires of your heart. You can find out more about me and what God has led me to do in the world by visiting my website, touchingthesunrise.com. Let's start as we always do, reconnecting, remembering, and refreshing. Take a deep breath. Directly into your heart. Breathe into your heart as if if you had an open window in the front of your chest. Even deeper, breathe into your soul, into that organ that the divine grace transforms with the presence, the light, and the life of the divine trinity. With Teresa of Avila, we enter in this way into our inner world, as if we are entering a mansion or a castle. In the centermost room of the castle is silence and a pulsing, dynamic call of love that can only come from the one who is love himself. We enter the castle through the doors from the outside and make our way gradually toward that inner sanctuary where God is and from where he is filling our entire being with his light. On the journey through the rooms, as we approach the center, we need to face our resistance, our weakness, our desires, our sin, our passions. Every time we see new things about our humanness, we become more open, more malleable, more godlike as we allow ourselves, as we surrender ourselves to God's work within us. So let your heart right now call out to your God. Let your thoughts melt and surrender to the work of the Spirit. If you were with us last week, we spoke about the prisons within us and and the injunctions we learned growing up that create the prisons of our adulthood. And we allow Jesus into that prison. We we gave everything to him. We we trusted him with that prison and, and opened our heart to how he wanted to free us. Today's a continuation of that conversation as we look at how practically does 
this look, to open the doors of that prison. The other day, a woman named Laura shared with me her memories of her mother. Laura was one of five children, and her mother was a well-respected employee in a government office in their hometown. Laura remembered how happy her mother was with her working environment. A personnel management specialist, she had received training also in mine engineering. She noticed that the engineers often lost a lot of time searching through volumes of regulations and laws regarding mining projects. So she studied the books herself, and very soon individuals both in and outside her department were tapping into her expertise. Recognizing her capabilities, her boss soon began to ask her to travel to meetings in other locations. She also received many awards for initiating new ideas that, that benefited everyone in the department. She remembered that those were fulfilling and happy years for her mother. However, five years before her mother's retirement, her boss told her he was being transferred to another state and wanted her to ask for a transfer also, which would have meant moving the entire family. It was impossible. So instead, she remained behind and trained the new boss. The arrival of this new boss brought a new chapter in her life. Though she put at his disposal all the knowledge she had gained, he repaid her generosity by using her to get himself ahead. Gradually, he began to take work away from her and assign the tasks to other employees. He criticized the work she did until she was trusted only with simple secretarial tasks. Laura's mother never understood why her new boss was so unhappy with her, and during the months in which she tried to work with him, the department became more and more unbearable for her and her co-workers. At home, she expressed her frustration in tears. Encouraged by friends and family who believed in her gifts, Laura's mom saw these voices as lights in the darkness, these, these voices of her friends, lights that were given to her from an all-seeing and loving God. Strengthened by prayer and an openness to combat negative influences with positive actions, Laura's mom began to take pleasure in doing even the little things she was still permitted to do. She created for herself new outlets that, that to others might have seemed insignificant, such as arriving early in order to make coffee for her fellow workers or dividing mail and getting it ready for pickup. She still fulfilled her, her regular secretarial work, but, but now she had a new purpose, and that purpose was love. Another woman, I'll call her Joanne, has also inspired me with her strength and her courage in facing situations of injustice. Before I met her, Joanne was married. She had three wonderful girls, and she enjoyed the good things in life. And then the domestic abuse began. Over the years, as her husband's violence against her escalated, 
she was caught in the typical cycle of abuse. When she finally fled with her three children, they escaped with only the clothes they had on their backs. For three months, Joanne lived with her three girls in a shelter. She had to find a job, a home, a new school for her girls. All the while, she was so scared and exhausted. The legal part of the divorce was ugly and corrupt, stripping her of hundreds of thousands of dollars that should legally have been hers. On one of our weekly telephone chats, Joanne used an image that has stuck with me. She said, it is like I'm trying to play the game Candyland by Monopoly's rules. It just doesn't work. That's such a marvelous image, Joanne, I replied when I heard that. The choices you have made for your daughter's lives and safety, the way Jesus has been for you the only source of solace and strength in these years, they are an image of the kingdom of God, a candy land image, if you were, of sweets and gifts and joy. They may not mean a whole lot in a competitive monopoly world, but the kingdom of God that is coming about also through your choices is much more important than monopoly. It will last forever. And in the end, it is the poor who have been ripped off in this world who will be first, and those who are first now will be last. I am reminded of another woman, Judith, in the Bible. Judith is a woman often lost in the shuffle of the pages of Scripture, a quiet widow devoted to prayer and, and an upright life. She's a woman who possessed tremendous strength. To that strength, she united the littleness of one who lives in adoration of God. The book of Judith tells of her courage and trust in God when her hometown was under siege. The general Holofernes and his army had besieged the Israelite city of Bethulia. There was no escape for the Israelites. As their families began to starve inside the city walls, they cried out to the Lord their God and demanded that their leaders surrender to Holofernes. The leaders answered the people, Courage, let us hold out for five more days, for God will have mercy on us. But if he doesn't come to help us, we shall surrender as you say. Judith, who was a respected and pious widow, heard about what the leaders had said to the people. She summoned them to her and told them that their plan was not right. She said, Who are you to put God to the test today and to set yourselves up in the place of God in human affairs? You are putting the Lord God Almighty to the test. And with courage, she continued, For if he does not choose to help us, Within these five days, he has power to protect us within any time he pleases, or even to destroy us in the presence of our enemies. In spite of everything, let us give thanks to the Lord our God, who is putting us to the test as he did our ancestors. 
When the officials Bethulia left her, Judith prostrated herself in prayer. Then she dressed herself in festive attire and anointed herself with perfume. She was very beautiful, and the rulers of the town were astounded. Open the gates, Judith requested, and she slipped out with her maid, walking firmly into enemy territory, though she knew not exactly what the Lord was going to accomplish through her. She was taken into custody by the Assyrian patrol, and Judith told them that she was fleeing the Hebrews and on her way to see Holofernes. She was immediately taken to the general's tent and remained there for three days. Each evening she went out to pray, and she ate only of the provisions she had brought with her. On the fourth day, Holofernes held a banquet for his attendants and called Judith to be a part of the festivities. During the meal, he was entranced by Judith's beauty. He also drank a large amount of wine. When evening came, Holofernes' attendants withdrew, leaving Judith alone in his tent. The commander was stretched out on his bed, dead drunk. Standing beside his bed, Judith prayed to the Lord for help. Then she took down the sword that hung on Holofernes' bedpost and struck him twice, cutting off his head. Quickly, she put his head in a bag and went out as usual to pray. She and her maid passed through the camp and returned to Bethulia. Open, she called out when she arrived. Open the gate, God is with us. All the people were astonished. They bowed down and worshiped God. The shout that came from the Israelites' town was so great that all the soldiers in the enemy encampments jumped to attention. When they went to call their commander, they discovered Holofernes' death. Overcome with fear, they did not wait for one another, but fled across the plain and through the hill country. While the rulers of Bethulia had seen death around them, Judith had told them that they needed to believe that God sought only to give them life. I can't count the number of times I have heard, God didn't do what I asked when I needed him most. I have given God enough chances. How can I trust him anymore? To make peace with ourselves. Sometimes we need to make peace with God, reconciling ourselves to the fact that no matter what we see around us, God wants life for us, and God is accomplishing our good. The difference between Judith and the leaders of Bethulia is really important. Bethulia's leaders and the people were looking out for themselves. Judith, however, was looking at God. She understood that ultimately the victory and glory belonged to God alone. And so she, like Laura's mother and like Joanne, sought to glorify God at every moment from within every situation in which she found herself. 
Although Judith prayed and stated her dependence on God, she didn't sit around helplessly awaiting the inevitable. She made herself an instrument in God's hands for the salvation of his people, setting out from Bethulia across the valley and into Holofernes' camp without a detailed plan of action. In so doing, she made herself a woman even more vulnerable than the rest of her people. She left the safety of the city walls and went alone, accompanied only by her maid, hardly a means of defense. She was a woman entering a man's world without protection and with only a prayer, a civilian among soldiers. The human tendency would be to provide for protection and backup just in case. Judith, however, gave up whatever protection she had and walked into the hands of the Lord. Laura's mother and Joanne, in examples much closer to our own experience, did the same. They acted on the belief, the belief that God was bringing about life in their situations, no matter how dark they seemed. These women took risks, not on human, but on divine possibilities. God has amazing ways of knocking on people's hearts, awakening desires, arousing questions, provoking an unexpected spiritual fire. Remember, if you'd like some extra support and are ready to embark on a sustained spiritual journey, you can connect with me in a number of ways by going to my website, touchingthesunrise.com. Until the next time, take care of yourself. And remember, you are not alone. You are loved no matter what. And when you search within you, you will not find only yourself, but the throne of the Divine Trinity. You have a calling, a mission, and every gift, every grace, every moment, even every fall, every mistake and sin is a step toward your completely and wholly being taken up into the mystery of God's love for you and for all creation. Remember always that you have a treasure of inexpressible joy hidden in an earthen vessel, small and fragile. So may this overflowing joy fill you and yours with its fragrance. God be with you.